Good afternoon, good evening, uh, good morning to those listening, uh, saints, friends, family. I am Pastor Fabian Arroyo at the Father's Church uh, here for our weekly Wednesday Night Live. It's an honor to be with you um, today and whatever time you're listening to this. And and I want to share our deepest prayers for those who are in Florida, who are impacted by Hurricane Ian and and the the devastation that has happened over there. Uh, As I was praying about what I wanted to share with you uh, in this message, uh, that was definitely something that influenced my my prayer, my thought process, and and what we're going to talk about today. Um, But it is also influenced by something that has happened to us very recently. We talked about it on Sunday, and, and I'm talking, of course, about the the loss of power that we experienced at the church, and, and we don't uh, really know why or how it happened. We we understand that it was a breaker and and the breaker went wrong, but but we don't know um, if it was just a, a surge, a power outage, or or what. And, and so our brother Nathan is is diligently working to get that fixed. Hopefully, in the next couple of days, uh, as he waits for parts, as he waits for all these things to to come into play, um, and and that has been. On my mind as well in, in my thoughts and my prayers so those those two elements really are what influenced this this time for me and and, and in my study um, I was in uh, a meeting uh, for work and and I've got a couple of I've got an employee who lives in Florida and, and I've got a lot of colleagues who are in in the Fort Myers area in Florida and, and they were severely impacted by the devastation that has happened because of the hurricane. And, and they were on the call talking about the things that have happened with their friends, with their family, their experiences. And, and one lady was telling us about um, friends of hers whose house was just destroyed by, by the flooding. The, the flood waters went all the way up to the roof line. And, and so obviously all of the the house itself, all the innards were just destroyed by, by this flood damage. You think about all of the, the cars that are submerged now, the electronics that have been destroyed by the water, um, by, by the, the pounding of the waves and the wind and all of that, and, and just the, the amount of devastation that has occurred over there because of that. So again, our, our thoughts and prayers are, are with those of you in Florida, the Tampa area, uh, specifically, but but as this has happened, um, one of the things that again came to my mind was the the loss of power, and uh, like I said, I've got an employee there. She lost power. Uh, she was texting me on her on her phone, letting me know that she wasn't going to be able to do some of her work. She was uh, leaving her house to go to a friend's house who did happen to have power to see how long it would last there. And perhaps be able to uh, do some of her work, you know, on you know piggyback on the Wi-Fi and all of that. Um, but because she lost power, you know, now she's got to go and get new groceries. You don't think about these things um, before it happens, but but when you're in the midst of it, you know, all the the food that's going to get spoiled, all the things that have to function in order for your house and your livelihood to just continue. It's 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 a, a scary process. I know that. There are times when we lose power here at the house, uh, whether it's uh, through a storm or something, 
and and luckily we haven't lost it for for that long but when we do lose power uh for even as short as it is kelly gets worried about the um the milk the breast milk that's in the fridge because of the time and the investment that goes into producing that obviously and and how there's a potential for it to spoil um and and we would just lose that and so i think power is is such a an interesting concept because the bible very specifically talks about power in in several modalities there's there's power in the old testament there's power in the new testament and and today i want to focus on uh, the new testament and and the five words of power that appear there and and you all know because we've done this for uh, or, or you've been with us for at least this past couple of months that i have been on a kick of the fivefold. I, I think it's one of the most powerful things that any Christian can engage in, the fivefold ministry, found in Ephesians 4.11. Um, and and we ha- I have spoken about the fivefold for, like I said, the past couple of months. It, it started with a sermon on Sunday, continued on into Sunday school. For the seminar, for those who were able to join us, uh, we did a fivefold activation I, I created a questionnaire that you could take and and it would kind of steer you towards a particular office that that you were probably um, most prevalent in it, it wasn't a pronouncement of this is what you are but but it gave you that predilection of this is what you might be and, and I think people uh, really enjoyed that and people understood themselves I think a little bit better and and so overall it was a great time and, and we look forward to continuing this process of understanding the fivefold ministry for the individual and, and what that means for their daily life and for their ministry. But like I said, as I've been continuing to pray about that interaction and, and praying about our friends in Florida, praying about this loss of power, um, I, I felt that it would probably be good to understand a little bit more about what the Bible does say about power. And, and power specifically in the New Testament. There's Old Testament words that are translated as power. Maybe I'll get to those at one point in time. But but I thought you thought it unique that there are five words of power in the New Testament, and and I truly believe that they align with the fivefold ministry. So today, as we talk about these words, there's a couple of things that I want to accomplish. One of them is understanding. I, I want you to know what the pow- words of power are and and how they're represented in scripture and then secondly what it means for you specifically to those who are aligned with the fivefold and and maybe now you have understanding maybe now you you know what office you're in maybe you've already known or have always known what office you're in maybe you didn't take the questionnaire but you've been in church and you recognize yourself as, as either an apostle or a prophet or a teacher a pastor whatever um, you you know what you are and, and you are continuing to move forward with that unction that office so today like I said I, I want to deal specifically with the words of power I want to talk about how they align with what office of the fivefold and then I want to talk about what it means for you today in the natural and in the spiritual as we function not just in that office 
but function in that office in that power. So we'll go ahead and get started. I want to start by talking about a word that's not translated as power, but, but really has a lot to do with this overarching understanding of, of power. Uh, and it's the word in the Greek, arche, A-R-C-H-E. And, and really what it talks about is um, it's, it's translated as beginnings or principalities. And, and, and it's talking about that, that first unction of authority that that belongs to the throne of God and, and when you think about the throne and and its seat uh, of power um, you know you you really have to consider that from that throne emanates power that's that's where all power comes from when God created creation he he imbued it with a portion of himself that gave us life it gave us gave us creativity it gave us power and, and it's that power that we we draw from. It's that power that was invested in us. You know, God breathed the breath of life into Adam and, and, and then created Eve from that breath as well. And, and so he put inside of us a portion of himself. And, and so we have a, a tiny, tiny portion of God's power inside of us. And that's what lives and breathes and moves and and that's how we have our being um but the throne of god is where all of that emanates from and and when god created this earth he he also created it with seats of power of of dominion of authority of of resource where one could go and and begin to work with that seat and and function in a way that god wanted us to function that's where we get this this concept or this understanding of of terio and histemi those are greek words that that we've thrown out many times in our church that that have significance to the christian life significance to the pneumatikos the spiritual life that god has called us to live and and so as we look at what god has done in creation and what god is doing through us all of these things align together they come from that seat of authority the throne of god and it is a place of commune it is not a uh, ivory tower god sits above and and has nothing to do with these these plebes these peons below he wants to us to be a part of his plan he wants us creating he wants us moving that's how he created why he created us and and where these places have um, authority he wanted he wanted us to have dominion over and and so as he's convening this discussion with friends laborers that's us um, that's what the throne was supposed to be Jesus patterned this while he was here on the earth he, he would gather crowds. He welcomed 70. He chose 12, the three and the one. He always has a, a company of discussion. And, and when we think about what God says in his word, he th- says things like, um, you know, I, I'm not going to do anything without consulting with my friends, the prophets. You know, when he talked about in Genesis 18, when he talked about Abraham, he says, Abraham, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. Uh, and verse 17, the one before, will I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? 
he's he's basically talking about this this communion this convening and sharing of of power and authority that is really what this this arche is talking about and and so and so when we consider this arche again it's it's not a word of power but but it's the overarching concept it's it's where we get our our word archangel as well it's a it's a first it's a principality it's the beginning that that is what ushers forth all of this power um this allows the seat to then become that central location for us to manifest the power within us to go and do God's work. So when you think about it that way, that, that it's emanating from the throne and, and coming out to you, there, there are five words that, that are translated as, as power, strength, whatever, that, that mean um, mightiness, if you will. That, that we're going to talk about, and, and each of them aligns with one of the fivefold, uh, but, but it comes from that seat of authority, that principal uh, authorship, if you will, that, that is sent forth, and, and it begins with, we're going to start with the way the fivefold starts with, exousia. The first one we're going to talk about is exousia. This word is, is translated, uh, obviously, as power, but but also as strength, authority, jurisdiction, um, freedom, capacity, privilege. This this word is is really talking about the the exercising of authority, the the authority that that is given to you and then sent forth to go and accomplish. Which is why it aligns so very closely with the apostle. So when I think about authority. Um, I, I have been given positional authority. I am the associate director inside of a company, and, and by virtue of that title, it means that I have people that work under me, that I, ha- I have people that work with me, and, and I have certain privileges, rights as the associate director to either join a meeting or not join a meeting based on who's going to be on that call. So you, so you may not have a an underling go to that call because it's going to be a lot of uh, senior people talking, and and they're going to be strategizing, and, and you really don't need that that underling to hear those vocalizations. You just need them to go and do. So you don't want to waste their time or whatever. And and so only people that that have that strategic mindset may attend that meeting. Right. That's that's the type of authority that has been given to me to to listen in on these conversations, to make decisions, to think through. What kind of strategy has to happen in order for us to go forth and do the work that we need to do? So that's that's just in the natural. That that positional authority uh, affords me certain uh, I'm going to call them privileges, right? I, I have employees who work for me, and, and if I say, "Hey, go and do something," they go and do it. What what we have to understand, however, in, in the in the natural here, is is it doesn't necessarily mean. I, I have lordship over these people, you know. Back back in the old days, I think that was a, a maybe a little bit different because there was there was a fear of of that authority, a fear of death or whatever. I've got one employee who um, doesn't matter what my position is, she she is um, she feels like she's smarter than me and she knows more because she's been there longer, and and so she she wants me to stay away from the things that she's working on. Yes, she recognizes my authority. But, but more than anything, 
she's got a job to do and she just wants to do it and and it doesn't matter what my title is she wants to be left alone and that's fine so we're working through this this dynamic of um how she relates with with me and with other people and and my authority only goes so far because it's a a positional one it's not a relational one and you'll find this in business there's a big difference between your positional authority and your relational authority um, there's a book out there, the, the Five Levels of Leadership, and, and it talks about how you can have power that's been invested in you, but you really can't exercise that power over people because it, it's, a, it's a different mindset. It's a mentality that you have to understand. And so when you think about this spiritual concept of authority, this word exousia is, is really talking about power that has been given to you from the father in order to be exercised for his work and and it's supposed to push things forward in an apostolic way it's supposed to take things from where they are into where they should be i mean let's look at ephesians chapter 3 verse 10 to the intent that now unto the principalities arche and powers exousia in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Just looking at that scripture, we see, again, RK, not a power word, but it's talking about that, that beginnings, the, the principalities, the, the authorship, um, unto the principalities and powers. And you can see a distinction between the two levels of, of RK and, and exousia. And, and really that power is that exousia is you have been given authority, now go forth and conquer with that authority. And, and as we think about that in, in terms of the apostolic, um, you know, you, we, we didn't have anybody that aligned um, higher than all of the other numbers for the apostolic. It, there was only one person that was pastor. Um, but it doesn't mean that there aren't some of you out there that have an apostolic nature within you. When you think about exousia and, and what it's supposed to do, it's giving you the, the, the authority to go forth and, and accomplish those things. It, it, we talk about power as something that is given to you um, that, that can accomplish anything. And, and I think that's the wrong mindset to have about it when you think about it as something that is done for you as opposed to something that is done with you. Let me see if I can translate that a little bit better. Power is, is, again, not control. I have authority over this, this, this young lady that I work with. But I don't control her. I don't tell her necessarily how to do her job or what to do. I, I give her direction. I give her some of my power and authority to go forth and accomplish and, and to do things. Um, but, but that influence that I have over her has to be worked through and, and I think it's very similar in the spirit when we think about the authority that Christ has given to us that God has given to us um, you you cannot go let me make this a little bit more spiritual you cannot go into a place that is um, spiritually destitute or, or even going the the opposite way a demonic influence over it and start to claim authority over the place just because you are a Bible-believing Christian. We, we should all know that by now. 
we do we have authority yes do we have authority in christ yes do we have christ with us yes can we take authority over certain things absolutely when when god has given you the the go-ahead when when the identity of god is is inside and you are working on behalf of his authority things change things can happen but it's when you step outside of that authority when when you go off on your own and think i have the authority i can do whatever i want that's when you get into trouble i i have shared my my testimony of losing my job gaining a job etc and and a big part of that was my thought process on well god's going to protect me from all things does god love me well absolutely is going to is god going to protect me yes but but he's not necessarily going to protect me from myself and and when i went in there in in not confidence but arrogance and and walked this walk with the the mindset that nothing could touch me i i put myself in a position to be attacked and and although i have authority in christ i i i set myself up to fail because i was out of the authority of god in in that situation so exousia is is exercising authority it is it is aligned with the apostle and it's there for us to be able to move forward in what god has us doing but but how do you utilize this power if if you've been called to the apostolic and you need to move forward in the things that god wants you to do how do you utilize it well well the first thing you have to understand is am i aligned with the purpose and the plan of god that's number one because if you're not you can't exercise that authority you can't just go into a place and start you know casting out demons and this and that when when god hasn't asked you or told you that's where you need to go so that's that's where it's you have to be very mindful of who you are and and what you are supposed to be doing and and who god is and what he wants to be doing instead of just saying look god wants to save the world i'm just going to cast out every demon i see because that's not necessarily how god works and and we see this pattern in scripture you know jesus was walking with his disciples and, and he came upon a pool a pool of bethesda and and the the bible says that people would would sit outside in the circle around the pool waiting for the waters to be stirred so that they could dip themselves in and and be healed and and then jesus comes over and he sees this man um who who was so crippled he wasn't able to get in the water he was too slow and and he says there's nobody here to help me and, and Jesus goes ahead and heals him. How many more people, crippled people, were in that area that Jesus did not heal? The Bible doesn't talk about any of them. He, he mentions that one guy, and then, and then the Bible moves on. So, so we actually don't know what Jesus did at that point in time. He may have healed everybody in that room. But, but I don't think so. I think the Bible might have clarified that. What I think was happening was God, that was that Jesus was displaying an exousia authority for that specific person for that specific uh, use case in order for us to understand something about our walk and and he was not going in there and saying this healing is for everybody there was a specific time place etc 
for it to happen. So I, I spent a lot of time on Exousia and, and the Apostle, but, but I really want this one to to resonate with you because I believe that even though we are called to a very specific office, everybody is going to function in some form or fashion in all parts of the fivefold. And I want to make these powers very clear for us. And the second one I want to talk about is, is the dunamis, which aligns with the evangelist. Now, uh, th there's not going to be a, a specific order to these. It doesn't go down. You know, when we talk about the fivefold ministry, we know that, that the apostle is that, that head of the spear, and then you've got the prophet, and you've got the teacher, and that they're the ones that usher forth the apostle. I'm going to jump straight to the evangelist because when we think about the apostle and the exercising of authority, um, the evangelist is, is almost uh, on the opposite spectrum of power in that it is a, uh, it is a lightning of power. Now, now that word dunamis is where we get our word dynamite from, and you know obviously dynamite, very explosive, um, TNT, right? It it is something that is can utterly destroy if used improperly, and and so the power that comes from dunamis is is powerful. It it is explosive. It is aligned with the evangelist because it it ushers forth things that should not be by virtue of the explosive power. And there are a couple of scriptures that that really denote the the power um, or, or the immensity of the power that is described with dunamis. So so one of them, look here at in, in Luke uh, chapter twenty four verse forty nine, and, and it says, "And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with dunamis power from on high." We know, of course, that that is referring to the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Uh, Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power, dunamis, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and in the other most parts of the earth. So this dunamis comes at, at times of, of great need for us to be able to, to accomplish the work of God. When you think about exousia, the, the exercising, of, exercising of authority, you have to be very careful how you exercise that authority, right? Which locations do I need to go to or do I need to stay away from in order to do what God has called me to do? Once I'm in that location, though, again, we went to the opposite, the other side of the spectrum. Once I'm there, once I've done all the other things that I need to do, how do I get the, how do I accomplish the work of God? And that's dunamis. The, the evangelist um, is is the person who goes and accomplishes those things. It it is the the power. It is the strength. It is the punch that you need to break forth that wall to break into that spirit. And and for those of you who are evangelists, um, this power is reserved for you to do the will of God in signs, wonders, miracles, and and the ability to accomplish great things for that kingdom. Once Jesus understood where he needed to go and what he needed to do, then the miracle came. Once he did his teaching and, and helped people understand what was going on, then he did the miracle. When you think about the the feeding of the 5,000, he, he talked. He talked with them. He convened. He, he, he commiserated. He had communion with these people. And then came the miracle. Then came the, the unction of the Spirit to go forth and, and produce 
what what needed to happen and and then we see an extension of that when when the woman with the issue of blood comes over and and touches the hem of his garment and and, and he says power dunamis has flowed from me that's that's the power that we were talking about but it was it was accomplished because of all the other things that came before it, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. But but I wanted to bring this one to light first or, or second, because when we think about the the two spectrums, it's do I need to be doing this? And then the finality of I am doing something. And and what comes in between the, the pastor, the prophet, and the teacher are those things that prepare you to do just that. So we've, we've gone from exercising authority, exousia, all the way to dunamis. Now let's talk about the the innards, the the stuff that makes all of this actually function. Coming out from the exercising of authority, I I would align first with the prophet, the the kratos. Kratos is is the Greek word that is translated um, to to talk about power, but but it's also translated as as vigor. Uh, dominion, power, and strength. So it, it is truly talking more about endurance and, and steadfastness. It is that operative authority, the, the, the dominion and the government that God has given you to be in that place. When, when we think about the, the prophetic, it is a, a unction from God to you that goes forth out into the world in order to exact change upon that word so kratos is is a word that ultimately conveys power and demonstrates this definitive mode of purpose of god upon a place you know when when we walk into um this world we're, we're walking out there right god gives you authority the exousia to to go forth and accomplish something it happens in a specific location, whether that's work or school, home, whatever, it, it happens in that place, and God gives you the power to take dominion over that place through that spoken voice, that, that kratos aligns with that prophetic voice, and, and, it, and it aligns very specifically with the arche, that foundation, that governing perspective above, in order to accomplish this. And it works very closely with that teacher-seer capacity which we'll talk about in a minute, that iscus power in, in order to accomplish these things. So the apostle flows out of those things, that authority, but, but it's because the prophet and the teacher come together and, and produce their power in order to go forward. Let's read um, this scripture here, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. You'll recognize it. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And, and that word strong is a derivative of dunamis and dunamu. Be strong in the Lord and in the power, the kratos, of his might, iscus. So we've got three power words here already. Put on and duo, again, a derivative of dunamis, the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, right? We, we have read this scripture so many times in our lives the armor of God. It's a powerful scripture, haha, powerful scripture that talks about what we need to do in order to go forth in this world. And it starts with we need to be strong. We need to have the, the dunamis 
of God, this this endowment of from him, and, and we can stand in the power and the might. And those two things are separate but equal, and, and they go forth together to allow you to go and exercise the authority that God has placed on you. So so the difference between the power and the might, and let's talk about the power first, the, the Kratos power. This, this power allows you to endure. It allows you to stand. It's, it's that, that armor that you're putting on in order for you to function in the place that God has placed you. So when we think about the prophetic, there, there is an alignment with God that has to happen from, from our spirits in order to understand this is something that's coming from the Lord and I need to go and share it. And, and for you to stand, stand fast, and, and to proclaim these things is, is something that the enemy is going to come against you for doing. And, and that's where this Kratos power really comes from. Because let's think about the, the life of Elijah and how even in the midst of all of the, the dunamis-type works that he was doing, against the the prophets of Baal and and all the miracles and the signs and the wonders that he was accomplishing he still struggled with this concept that that um, Jezebel was trying to kill him that that there was this death charge against him and and he even complained to God and he said look I'm I'm undone I I have I have no friends I have nowhere to go I'm I'm the last of the prophets you know nobody nobody is following the your mandates the things that you want them to do Lord, get me out of here. And, and he says this on top of that mountain um, where, where God approached him in that, that still small voice. And, and God says, no, look, I've reserved for myself these prophets over here. I need you to go forth and, and do what I've called you to do. Then that's where the Kratos power really comes in. Now, that word obviously does not show up. It's a Greek word, and we're talking about an, uh, a Hebrew or an Old Testament uh, passage. But the concept is there where you as a prophet need this Kratos power to stand firm against the the attacks of the enemy. That's what this power is really all about. So so when we think about in general the word power, we think about an action thing, something that you are you are doing. I'm I'm exhibiting force or strength or power against something, but that's not necessarily what this word of power means. This one is it's a this one is a reservation of power within you so again hear me prophets you are going to come against or or i should say the enemy is going to come against you and kratos is the the weapon that you use against him it is that that force field of power that is used against the enemy but it is something that it comes from within you and, and is exuded out, much like the prophetic, where it comes from the Lord within you and must come out. So, so as you are um, prophesying, as you are prophetically working, it's interceding, doing the things that God has called you to do, and you feel these attacks, know that you have access to this Kratos power in order to be able to stand and do the things that you want to do. And that leads us directly into iscus. It, and it is translated as power, strength, force, forcefulness, and, and ability or might. 
when when we think about this word so so whereas kratos was more of a, a passive shield i want to say passive because it doesn't mean power but but think of it that way as a shield that that encompasses you iscus is that ability or that resource to go and to conquer territory and it aligns with the teacher which which might seem like a misnomer because you might think well the apostle and the evangelist are the ones conquering territory um, but but hear me out on this so when we think about the the ability or resources that is a source of power that god has given to us as christians but specifically aligning with the concept of the teacher how how can that be well think about just the very concept of reading the bible that is a resource that is a, an ability that god has given you the study of scripture to be able to fight the enemy and to take territory if you've ever been in a debate with somebody um or or, or even just a conversation on differing ideas you'll you'll quickly understand that the person with knowledge the person with experience is is never at the mercy of of the person with just an ideology they they are um those that understand what they have been through and what they're going to do based on something that's happened in the past and and you can never talk to someone like that um and 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 oppose them because you're not going to shake their faith the uh, or or what they believe you know so in this this idea of a debate if if you will go into a debate not knowing truly what you're talking about you're going to come out bloodied and bruised uh from that discussion i remember us um driving to florida several 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 years ago back when i was still a, a young man and, and in the youth group and and i remember one of our um sponsors talking about how satan was the chief worship leader in in the heavens before he fell and and i challenged him on that and and said the bible doesn't say that and so we had this debate and and he he quickly backed down when he recognized that scripture doesn't use the words that that satan was the chief worship leader now it does talk about him um holding musical instruments and him leading charge in in some of these areas but but that the chief worship leader was not mentioned and and his argument was that worship is one of those areas where the enemy attacks the most because he was the chief worship leader and that's really what i was challenging here um there's there's a lot of areas where the enemy attacks i truly believe that worship is one of those main areas but i don't think it's because he was the chief worship leader i think there's a whole lot of other things going on there but but the ability for a person to understand to have the resources um to have the ability to know things is obviously directly aligned with the concept of the teacher and that's really how we can understand the word iscus the the word of power iscus because having that ability having that power within you opens doors in business i i have had a, a very long and tenured um business relationship with with this department of of learning and technology and and so i i was on a call the other day with uh one of our legal counsel who was wanting to create a a training for employees 
and, and we're having this conversation and I'm telling her, okay, here's what, here's what you need to do and here's why and here's all the, how things work, et cetera. And, and then I, I came up to a roadblock in my thinking because we have a very specific tool that we use that I have not yet learned. Now, I, I know the underlying concepts of it. I know how it should work, but I don't know the specific nuances of how our specific implementation was set up. And, and so I, I said to this woman, um, but, you know, I'll, I'll have to go investigate. I've only been here about a month. And she says, no, she didn't believe me because in our conversation, she felt like I, I knew what I was talking about and, and I was learned and had the resources and ability to have this conversation uh, with her in, in a very knowledgeable way. And, and so she was astounded that I was able to talk. I, I didn't talk like someone who had only been there a month. I talked like someone who had done this for years and years. And the reality is I have done this for years and years, not at this company and not with these resources, but, but with that ability, the other resources of learning technology under my belt, I was able to have this, this conversation. And that's really, when we think about ISCUS, what it's all about. And, and the way that you get that, and again, this lines very directly with the teacher, is, is through intercession, that teacher seer, right? The intercession, the relationship with God, and, and then the, um, the reading of the Bible, the reading and the studying of Scripture. That is the resource that is given to you. Those are the abilities that God has given to you. Remember that Jesus himself, when he was tempted by the devil, he used his iscus resources, uh, scripture, to combat that, men that mentality that the enemy was trying to push upon him. Finally, the word magus is the last of the main power words of the New Testament, and, and it's regularly translated as great, but it means and, and actually signifies so much more than, than simply just great. It, it is the controlling influence upon a certain place or region. We, we talked a little bit about that with Kratos where we were saying, look, that, that's the shield that's used whenever you're in a place. We talked about Iscus and, and how it is the ability to go and conquer territory, to make new ground. But, but once those things have been accomplished, once you, are, you are, have conquered that territory, once you have endured and, and been steadfast to, to ward off the enemy, the other thing that has to happen is the governments. We, we've talked about this in the fivefold, it aligns with the pastor, the helps, the governments, the administration of power in a specific location. It is translated, like I said, as great, but it's also translated as loud. It, it is this influence that is overarching on so many different levels. And like a pastoral influence it distributes what the atmosphere should be in the spirit realm when when we compare this with the the principality the arche we we find that it has such a broader more foundational influence while megas is more temporal it's it's local it's right here right now and principalities tend to control vast areas and foundational terrain but Magus is about this focal point, and it allows us to focus on what's going on right here, right now. Consider that um, Jesus was crossing water. He was on a boat, and a Magus wind came to try to stop him. This great wind came, 
to try to stop him. It's found in Mark chapter 4, verse 37. There arose a mega storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. So, so Jesus uses this controlling influence, this, this authority that's been given to him, this mega power, uh, in order to stop what's happening that's coming against him. And then what happens next? They go over to the other side and, and they find this unclean spirit uh, and this man who's been chained up and, and he's they, they couldn't bind him or they tried to chain him up. They couldn't bind him because he was always going crazy. He rebukes the thing, the, the, um, the spirit legion, they called themselves. And, and then they went out into this, this herd of, of pigs, of swine that were feeding. This, this guy was enslaved by this legion of enemies, of, of demons, and, and Jesus allowed him to inhabit a megas herd of pigs because there was a lot that God was trying to accomplish here, and a big part of that was understanding that from this megas place, this, this, this power, this greatness that's coming from here, it needed to go into another megas place, and that was obviously the great herd of pigs. So what this means for this this pastoral gifting is that <clears throat> we we talk about exousia, this exercising of authority. We we talk about how you're sent forth from the apostolic to do what God has called you to do. So you exercise that authority. You go into a place and you conquer it through the iscus anointing with the resources, the abilities that God has given you, specifically prayer, intercession, uh, study of the Bible. And then you endure. You you have you have the location. You endure. You have that operative authority through the kratos, and you stand fast in that place as the enemy attacks, as as you begin to prophesy into that land, um, and then you begin to control. You influence the things that are happening. This this is a good lesson for us in the natural as well, and and then we'll get to dunamis here in a second. Um, but but you exercise that authority. You move forward in what you have as, as an individual. You begin to learn the ropes of the business, of the job, of whatever it is that you're doing. You stand fast and you continue to do what you have been asked to do. And, and then you begin to start to control. You begin to begin to influence the things that you can influence. That's, that's what I'm going through right now in my job. I've only been here uh, about a month and a half. And, and I can see these principles happening to me. So, so these are things that happen not just in the spirit, but in the natural. What comes next then is the dunamis, is that explosive power. For, for us of the natural, it means that um, there are miracles that are going to be coming because of the way that the rest of the power was utilized. Uh, in, in the business world, I'm looking forward to the accomplishment of a great project, of, of something that, that allows me to stand out as an individual contributor and as a manager to say, look what Fabian has done. We need to move him forward in his career. It is when we don't utilize those those giftings and that power that God has given us, that authority, that, that we fail in that and we become stagnant and we stay where we are. So So for those of you looking for that promotion or that next big thing recognize that this is how it works 
for for us more spiritually but still in the natural when when we think about all of the the things that we are coming up against um we need to utilize the steps of power given to us the exercising of authority the the ability and the resources in the iscus the kratos steadfastness the shields the the megas controlling influence and then the dunamis the 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 miracle the the healing the whatever it is that's coming next for you to accomplish in your life and then the process starts over because you become you become uh, uh, from a lieutenant into a captain a sergeant whatever the the levels of authority are you move forward in those abilities in the spirit so I I hope I haven't confused you too much I know I've said a lot here and and I believe that there's more to be studied as as we continue on uh, so look forward to more information coming from um, I guess some of my teachings or sermons, but but re-listen to what I've been saying here because the the whole point of it is you have an office, an, an office in the fivefold that that whether you've identified it by virtue of the the questionnaire or you've always known what you were, you have been called into a very specific office, if if not multiple offices in the fivefold, and and the way that you administrate that here in this world and in the spirit is through these words of power. That power that has been vested into you by God in order to accomplish something, rely on it, use it, utilize it, and and go forth and do what God has called you to do. And, And when you feel like you can't recognize what power you are missing and and look at the office and what that office does and begin to impart that office into your life, what do I mean by that? Well, some of you are, are pastors, teachers, evangelists, and you don't consider yourself a prophet. And, and perhaps it's time for you to engage with that part of your spirit, that prophetic part of your spirit. Sing prophetically in the spirit. Speak forth prophetic words into your life and the life of others. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you're a teacher and you don't consider yourself an evangelist. Maybe now is the time for you to begin to be more evangelistic in nature. And to stretch your spirit into something new. I, I said this in my sermon. I, I believe that every person, every Christian, sure, has an office of the fivefold, but that we've all been called to function in all of the fivefold. I challenge you to stretch yourself into offices that you've never tried before. Go back into the teachings and see what those offices are and what they mean, and, and invest yourself, invest in yourself. And invest yourself into what's going on there and then recognize as you become a fuller person, as, as you begin to function in all of the fivefold, the power that comes behind that office is going to be yours. So, Father, I thank you for this time that we have had together and I pray that you will continue to bless those in Florida, those without power in the natural. Father, I pray that you protect them, those who have lost um, assets, resources, homes, cars, whatever, Lord, fill them back. Give them back what they need in order to do your work and to accomplish what you have called them to do. Father, we pray for protection. We pray for life in, into those people in Florida, not just in our Saints Network, but everybody who's in Florida. And, and Father, I, as, as we continue to move forward in you and to understanding your fivefold and, and the power behind the fivefold, I pray that you will continue to open our hearts and our minds to receive what it is that you have for us. 
We love you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.